We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is December 14, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, how are we doing? We're I'll tell you how we're doing. We're doing better than Draymond Green. Suspended indefinitely for those who haven't caught that yet uh today. And I'm doing better than Eddie House, knowing that the Orlando Magic are are coming to town on Friday and they're gonna stay in Boston and play again on Sunday. So I'm doing better than both those guys, I can tell you that. Yeah, I think you're doing better than me. I wanted to just update some of our listeners who've been listening to the show for a long time. Um, you might be familiar with my my cat, Penny, who we had uh, for six years um, that I named after Penny Hardaway. Uh, we had to put him to sleep Monday, and uh, it's completely sucked. Like, just broke my freaking heart. Um, I miss him to death. Best cat anybody's ever had. And uh, yeah, I know there are some listeners that have heard me refer to Penny a few times. So uh, and again, you know, I named it after Penny Hardaway. So wanted to wanted to bring it up. And uh, yeah, sucks. Life. uh, Life sucks sometimes, man. Like just death. Mm -hmm. Not cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Not much to say. My cat's dead. We're going (laughs) to we're going to move on here. I mean, I mean, it is what it is like. That's. I, I've cried all that I can cry, and uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll cry more later. Who knows? Yeah, I would but, have traded you my cat to to make it work, you know. So that I really what, appreciate wasn't that. Wasn't in the cards. Unfortunately, it's just like there's no trade machine for death, you mm-hmm. know. Like that—that mm-hmm. that is something that I've thought about, you know, over the the course of you know trading the, my the, cat for yours. No, no, not that, but oh, just okay. like right, what yeah. what right. I would trade like to have, you know, mm-hmm. my my little my little fella back. So. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> Anyways, cat's gone. Unfortunately, I'll just uh always be sad about that. It's never going to change, unfortunately. Just uh trying to, you know, do do put on a a brave face, you know, and, and do my best here. But folks, want to let you know uh our next 6 fan show, so we had one on Monday. 
uh, after the Cleveland game. If you haven't checked that out already, uh, you can find that on our YouTube. Every every one of those videos, Luke, they're just like little gems throughout. Like each of those has like a really really like great moment. Um, it's all you know, it, it's full of great moments, but each of those has just like a very like memorable moment and like santa claus isn't the only thing coming to town like the injury bug is here from ben this past one was a really good one so i'll make sure that you guys are checking those out and if you are going to be at amway on the 20th when the magic take on the miami heat um heated rival i mean heated i i mean no pun intended but it's a rivalry game Uh, that's going to be our next episode our next filming of the six fan show so if you're at that game please we're asking we would love for you guys to stop by um, and talk with ben after that game and our next watch party is coming up this friday so if you're listening to this on thursday it's tomorrow um december 15th magic we're taking on the boston celtics we'll be at tavern east orlando which is formerly castaways so we've been talking about castaways the last few weeks uh but castaways has recently changed their name to the tavern east orlando uh, which is located at 504 North Alafaya Trail. Tip-off is at 8. We'll be there starting at 7.30, Luke. Really looking forward to that. I think we're on like a six or seven game like watch party win streak. We had one loss last year, the first game of the season versus Detroit, and we haven't lost at a watch party since. So if you, listener, right now listening to this, if you're thinking in my head like, oh, maybe I won't go, I'm telling you now, if we lose, it's because you did not come to this watch party. So I've I've put the the hex on you. Now you have to come. It's going to be a great time. Always a great atmosphere. Tons of Magic fans are going to be there. I think, Luke, you and I will both be there for this one. Correct? Yeah, we, we will. We will be there, and I will be... I'm going to be slamming a lot of things. I don't know. We, we, we discussed some of the menu before we knew that it was switching to, to Tavern East. Or I think it's like tavern east orlando or is it tavern i don't know i saw tavern some, east orlando yeah. yeah so you know i'm gonna be there i'm i'm really like deliberating between you know the nachos just good old barbecue pork nachos or a spicy chicken wrap i feel like that'd be really good i, I don't know they got a lot of good stuff on their on their menu over there you'll catch me definitely slamming some of that and i know they'll catch you slamming some things yeah, the Wang Bang Shrimp, like we've said Wang Bang enough on the show that I just really have to know what that tastes like. I need that Wang Bang in my mouth to, you know, yep. just understand what flavors, you know, Wang Bang is. And I'm hoping it like, you know, just Wang Bangs me. So I, I definitely want to try that. Looking will. forward to that. It's going to be a will. great time. So make sure that you guys come out again. The Tavern East Orlando, 504 North Alafaya Trail, Friday, 730 tip offs at eight o'clock. Make sure you come through. Luke, let's get into the state of the Magic here. So, so far this week, uh, just one game for the Magic. It's been a slow week. They're 1-0. They had the win over Cleveland on Monday. They currently sit second in the Eastern Conference standings with a record of 16-7. and They're a game and a half back of Boston. Uh, they have the tiebreaker over Milwaukee, who is also 16-7. and We're a half game up on Philadelphia, two games up on Indiana, two and a half games up on New York, three games up on Miami. Three and a half games up on Brooklyn and Cleveland, and six and a half games up on Atlanta. When I saw that, six and a half games up on Atlanta, who right now is in tenth uh, and in the final playing spot. The fact that we're six and a half games up on Atlanta, twenty-three games into the season, and six and a half games up on the final playing spot is pretty crazy to me. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you just look at the odds uh, like I did on Hard Rock Sports Betting app today, and it's uh, very evident that the Magic are are leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of these teams, much like Atlanta, that we thought you know might uh, might be a little bit closer in the race. And I, like I don't, I don't even remember. I'm trying to find even the the tweet on my end to, on our account that I tweeted. But the Magic are like minus two sixty or minus two seventy five to make the postseason, and a lot of these other teams are definitely not yet minus two seventy five. The Hawks, for instance, are plus one forty five to make the postseason. So you got the Hornets plus fourteen hundred. God bless them. The Bulls plus four hundred. The Raptors plus three hundred. I mean, the only team that really was like in the same conversation that we were talking about at the beginning of the season, the only teams are the Pacers at minus 325 and the Heat also have favorable odds at this point too. So not the Magic are doing a whole lot better than a lot of these teams that we were grouped with in talks at the beginning of the season in terms of predictions and, and where we were at in the shuffle. Feels pretty good, honestly, because sitting at, you know, what is it? You know, plus you know 250 or, or, or minus 275 whatever minus 275 I, yeah minus 275 like that's not like a pick them that's not like a, oh a 50 50 mm-hmm. like that's like they think there's a really good chance these guys are are going to make the playoffs and a quarter of the way through the season those are are, are are good odds for the magic you know that that bodes well for us yeah and i do think the last thing that i'll say about that though is that yes the magic are second in the east yes the magic are one game away from being 10 games over 500 but if you look at, you know, they still got a lot that you, you still have a lot of work to do. You have a very tough stretch coming up. You have teams like the Sixers who are technically behind the Magic right now who have way better odds of making the postseason at this point because they're proven. They know that, you know, you can basically pencil in the Sixers will be in the postseason. Magic still have to prove themselves. They still have their work cut out for them. So you can't, and the, I know they won't, but you can't be complacent because, you know, if, if you were a shoe in to make the postseason, these odds would be way more favorable being what your record is right now. I think it's it's also you know it's a good sign. Tankathon um, basically calculates everybody's like winning percentage and then ranks each team's remaining strength of schedule, like dependent upon the opponents that they have left and what their winning percentage is. Um, and the Magic are twenty first in the NBA in remaining strength of schedule. So because they've had some tough matchups early on, um, you know they are are ranked as not having that difficult of a of a schedule remaining. So as difficult as the rest of December and January are, February, March, and the first couple of weeks of April are pretty favorable. So yeah. when we've been talking about the Magic just sort of surviving this next stretch of 22, 23 games, once we get a little bit past the halfway mark of the season, if the Magic are, are still squarely in the playoff conversation, they're going to have a chance, I think, to even you know rise in the standings over the course of the last couple of months of the year. So all of these things are are good news for the Magic. In, in recent years, we're like, oh, it's we're twenty games in, and the Magic are, you know, <laughs> plus ten thousand to make the playoffs or, right. or something like that. So good news. Vegas is starting to respect the Magic, and the Magic are playing well. Just got to uh, continue to play well here. Uh, this year, the Magic so far are fifteenth in the NBA in offensive rating with a rating of one thirteen point eight. If you're not familiar with these uh, ratings. Uh, Offensive rating is how many points your team scores per 100 possessions. Your defensive rating is how many points does your team give up per 100 possessions. 
uh, and net rating is just like your point differential uh, per 100 possessions. So again, 15th in offensive rating. They are third in the NBA in defensive rating with a rating of 108.7. They're currently fifth in net rating with a net rating of 5.2. Looking to the injury report, Markel Fultz has now missed the last 15 games with left knee tendonitis. Wendell Carter Jr. has missed the last 18 games with a fractured third metacarpal in his left hand. Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Mosley said Wendell and Markel both did portions of practice and participated in some five-on-zero uh, basketball, not really playing you know, with contact or anything like that just yet. Uh, Wendell talked with the media on Wednesday and said his hand feels like it's at about 85 to 90%. He's now having to reacclimate himself to like just the trauma of basketball with your hand, you know, blocking shots, uh, defending, setting screens, uh, grabbing the rim, so on and so forth. So all of that, you know, pretty encouraging signs from those guys. And hopefully those guys are are back in the the next, you know, week or, or couple of weeks here. Just have to keep an eye on that. Jonathan Isaac returned to the lineup on Monday after missing three games with a right ankle sprain. Jalen Suggs returned to the lineup on Monday as well after missing the last two games with a right ankle strain. So really good to get uh, those guys back. Made a a big impact in the win uh, Monday versus Cleveland. And then the national media attention continues, Luke. Uh, Jamal Mosley made another podcast appearance uh, on Tuesday. Uh, This time it was with uh, the This League Uncut podcast with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein. Mark Stein is a guy that uh, Jamal has a lot of familiarity uh, with from his time in Dallas. Um, It was a a really good conversation. Jamal Mosley buttoned up per usual. Uh, Doesn't really let you see too far behind the curtain. Uh, But I just love the way that he talks about this team and the way that he talks about his relationships with players, Luke. Just once. I want to get be a fly on the wall with anyone in the mag, magic organization that holds a lot of the chips and knows what's going on. Because like you said, him and Mark Stein have a relationship. He seemed to have good rapport with both the guys. But like you said, very buttoned up and during the whole interview. I would expect nothing less because we've heard enough of these interviews. But you know, like if if you get even on a podcast with like some of your boys like you're naturally going to slip up or you're going to become and come across as like talking pretty casually jamal mosley doesn't do that like jamal mosley is very by the book i'm not gonna mess this thing up i don't know what's in his head what jeff what he thinks about weltman and just like what the repercussions would be if he accidentally said something or just came across in a way that they didn't want him to but Still on this one, to me, still a pretty good listen. You, you know, he he details a few different things. For those that haven't listened or maybe you not, might not get to it, I'll just want to give like brief highlights or spark notes of this interview. And there's just a few things. So the first thing was Joe Ingles. They talked about him. They asked about his veteran leadership, what it's been like to put him into you know into the rotations and get him acclimated with the team. He goes on to talk about Ingles, you know, talking to a player and some of their pickup games at the end when he first got to Orlando and he Jamal of course coach Mosley did not disclose who the player was but the player turned it over and Joe Ingles started talking trash in the way that that Joe Ingles does and he says oh yeah that's what you're going to do in a game that's what you're going to do in the game and just fired everybody up and he said that is what he does he he trash talks in a way against these guys that holds them accountable but gives motivation to do better 
and just really emphasizes what we you know have come to see from Joe Ingles and how vital he is with this team. He also talked about the losses down the stretch last year where it became very real that every loss mattered and that it really you know hit very differently with these guys down the stretch when they would lose games because they knew that took them away from their goal what became their goal definitely of making the you know the plan. Um they also asked him, you know, you, you just won coach of the month. Do you do you hide that award? Do you or do you put it on display for everyone to see? They knew the answer to this. And Jamal Mosley was just like, this is it's a team effort. This has very little to do with me. I, it's, he respectfully said, I couldn't care less about coach of the year or coach of the month. Do you think he would give us the trophy? Like, does he care that little <laughs> about it that he would like let us have it? Maybe we should ask him. Maybe we should ask him the next time that we have uh, that we're in a presser there before the game. Hey, coach, that uh, that 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 trophy is pretty nice. Since you probably just put it in the closet somewhere, can we just have it? We just want to display it behind one of our shoulders for for the pod. How about that? Maybe he would buy it on. I don't know, but um, he also talked a little bit about the end season tournament and went on to say that he doesn't really care for the opposing team, you know, in the final day, knowing how many points, the same thing that that we've said on the show, but knowing how many points they need in the final day while the other team has already finished up their games, doesn't get that benefit. Uh, and, and I also just wanted to highlight how cool it was that, that we're just continuing to get this national attention. That podcast has only had a few coaches on it. Two of them very notable and Ty Lu and Mike Brown uh, also had Darvin Ham on it. And now Jamal Mosley, like those are the only in the, I think the podcast has been around for like a year. They might've said a year or two. So for the, you know, just for Jamal Mosley to be getting the love that he's getting well-deserved and uh, happy for him and proud of him, quite frankly. That was probably one of my biggest takeaways was when they were talking about the in-season tournament because mm-hmm. if coaches around the league are talking about it, mm-hmm. I think that is one of the more likely changes that we see next year is I, I I just think with the way that the groups were structured, there's not really a way to do that because there's there was five teams in each group. So it's impossible to stay within your group and everybody play on the last day. So they're going to have to restructure the groups and then everybody should play the the games on the last day at least in the in the the conference or the the group maybe mm-hmm. not every in-season tournament like group game needs to be on the same day or, or uh, the final game needs to be on the same day but at least the ones in your specific group you know what i mean yeah uh, and then obviously they went back and they were talking about last year's draft paolo jabari chet all the uncertainty and like asking like oh was was it really like a last minute thing and like mm-hmm. of course it wasn't but he was like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to let you guys in on on the secret sauce. Like, you know, we're not, we're, I'm not going to tell you guys kind of how we move and how we operate. So I found that kind of funny that now, a year and a half later, people still can't get over the fact that everybody was wrong. Like, you and I were wrong. We got over it pretty quickly because we know how this front office moves. But it's just like people still can't believe. They're like, oh, that was such a weird draft. It wasn't really a weird draft. It's just there was a, a best player available in the draft and the magic made everybody seem like made everybody think that they weren't going to take the best guy for some reason. I loved that because that segment, because they were trying to word it like it's been so long. Just tell us. Yeah. Just tell us. And Coach Mosley pretty much was like, I'm not telling you anything. Like you said, I'm not I'm not spilling the secret sauce here. 
it's not going to happen right now because that could give anybody an upper hand into how we how we do things in future drafts. So, uh, yeah, really fun. Now, Jonathan, I want to move into talking about this game that we just had on Monday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I want to make one final point, okay. uh, a little bit of advice to Chris Haynes and Mark Stein. If there's one person that you're looking for to juice that information out of, <laughs> it's John Hammond. Yeah. That is who you need to get in the room with. If anybody is going to spill the beans on that, it's going to be old John. And he, especially now that he's it. not in his like former, right? Not his former role. Even then, you could get stuff out of him. We know that. He, you know, infamously made a couple of radio appearances where he freaking gave us stuff finally. And we, we just were salivating for John Hammond appearances to, to the press or the public or radio stations, whatever. So, yeah, right. very true. All right, Jonathan, let's talk about this game on Monday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Your, you know, bad taste in your mouth. You lose to Cleveland last Wednesday in a not great fashion whatsoever. And it seemed like in the beginning of this game, it was going to be much of the same. Cleveland Cavaliers win the first quarter, twenty nine to twenty two, and it just felt like, oh man, this this game's going to be some BS because Cleveland shot five of twelve from three in that first quarter. At that point, you're like. Man, will they keep it up? I I don't know. But at the same time, it just doesn't feel right to me. The Magic then go on in the second quarter, win that that quarter. The third quarter, though, is where this team shows up and shows out. You win that quarter 30 to 15. Holding Cleveland to 15 points in this one cannot be overstated. Anthony Black was, in my opinion, maybe the underappreciated player of this game because in that third quarter, he has three steals. His only three steals of the game. But when it matters, you're down at half. You're down three at half. AB has a big quarter with three steals. Paolo has 11 points in that third quarter as well. And then you move on to the to the point in the third where there's six minutes left. Paolo has a tip in. And the Magic never relinquished the lead again. And I thought that was incredibly impressive. They actually finished, they finished the third quarter outscoring the Cavs 15-4. to four. So, all around, great effort in that third quarter. Down the stretch, J.I., another highlight. J.I. enters the game for Gogo with a minute 19 left. When the Magic were kind of, the Cavs were making up some ground. The Magic were up 99-94. And then J.I. comes in. He has a dunk there down the stretch to really put this game away. He has a steal down the stretch ahead to Franz to push the lead to 10. The Magic played a very respectable second half, but an incredible third quarter in this one. Yeah, I think uh, Magic had an 18-point lead early Mm -hmm. in the fourth, and the Cavs whittled that down to, I believe, five with a little Mm -hmm. bit over a minute to go. And that's when I was like, okay. Well, I mean, early in the fourth quarter, I was like, okay, you have an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter at home. You have to close this game out. Like, at that point, there there are certain things in the NBA where like a loss is like completely inexcusable. Having almost a twenty point lead at home in the fourth quarter, you sh- I don't care who the opponent is, you've outplayed them to that point. There's no excuse for losing that game, and that's when like it got close. The last couple of minutes, Magic were able to make plays down the stretch and and close it out. And this to me, Luke was. I don't know if I'm a hundred percent there, but I'm like 90% there. And cause we, we talked about the win streak, right? Like the nine game win streak. When you're hot, you're hot. 
But we've been talking about needing to see where this team is when they come back to earth. Mm-hmm. And they have come back down to earth a little bit recently. The losses yeah. to Brooklyn, the losses to Cleveland. So like, okay, let's see where we're at, right? Because if we now go on like a five, six game losing streak, then okay, it was a, you know, Orlando, you know, Orlando, I'm trying to say Orlando Lynn Sanity run, but I, <laughs> I can't. Something like that. If somebody can, can figure out how to put those two together, that'd be fantastic. But if it's this crazy run, then like whatever, like the magic just aren't that good. And, and maybe you end up still in the plan. But if this team is going to be fighting for, you know, the fourth seed or the fifth seed or the sixth seed in the East come April, these are the kind of games that you need to win. And the fact that they lost last week to Cleveland had a big lead in this. Cleveland came back like last year. You go from an 18 point lead to a five point lead with a minute left. Magic are probably going into overtime and losing this game. So this proved to me that the Magic are legitimate. Like I'm like 90% there. We have this series coming up in Boston Friday. Boston's going to be on the second night of a back-to-back. You're playing them twice in a row, Friday, Sunday. As good as Boston has been, and I believe they're 11 or 12 and 0 or 10 and 0, something like that at home this year. They've got, they, it was, it was close with Cleveland on Tuesday night. They've got Cleveland again on Thursday, so we'll see what happens there. But the Magic should be able to hand Boston, you know, their their first or you know second loss or first and second loss of the season this weekend. If the Magic just get completely obliterated by Boston both games, I'll be a little bit disheartened, but I'll probably still be at about 80, 85% yeah. sure that the Magic are legit. But this was one of those games for me because Cleveland. I, I don't want to say they're necessarily a peer of ours just yet. I think when the season is all said and done, I would expect Cleveland to finish ahead of the Magic in the standings just because I feel like they're just a little bit further along than we are. And you know they have the best player. They have Donovan Mitchell, and they have a lot more experience. But I was super proud of the way that the guys responded to the loss to Cleveland last week. And then the huge run in the third quarter and then withstood Cleveland's big run in the fourth and able to come out with the victory. I thought it was really impressive. And even at this point, like the Cavs maybe aren't, you know, haven't started the season as strong as they would have liked the 13 and 11. Still a 54% win percentage essentially, which would put you at like a 45 win pace, like 40 finishing the season, 45 and 37. And like in the sixth spot or the five spot, I think Cleveland still takes it. I don't think that they expect to be ahead of the Bucks or the Celtics or the Sixers when it's all said and done, especially. So they're they're definitely not a bad team at all. They're very good, and and we know that. So this was just super impressive all the way around. I talked about how incredible they were in that first quarter. They finished the game four of twenty eight from three. Second that was quarter, so sick. end of the game, incredible for to see another team struggle like that from three. Freaking Sam Merrill, I think I'm saying his last name correctly. Yeah. He goes like two two for two in that first quarter and then doesn't hit a three the rest of the game. Thank goodness. Joe Ingles was the only, and I will also say Joe Ingles was the only good thing about that first quarter for the Magic. Seven points, two rebounds, an assist, zero turnovers. Gets to the free throw line four times, hits all four of them. Joe Ingles, just, he just is the gift that keeps on giving. I, I love that man, and and he is just, like like I said, the only bright spot of that first quarter. When nobody else has anything going, I can always be like, Joe Ingles probably had a pretty 
pretty decent outing. I tried to put my hate for Max Struess aside because, you know, he most recently played for the Heat. And I was like, okay, he plays for the Cavs now. Maybe I don't have to completely hate him. And then he just made one of the dumbest basketball plays I've ever seen, like trying to get to a ball that he had no business. Like there was no way he was ever getting to that ball except going through Joe Ingles and dove at Joe Ingles and almost retore the dude's ACL, sprained mm-hmm. his ankle. Lucky, Luckily, Joe Ingles was able to come back. But yeah, I was like, okay, like heat culture is just that you're a scumbag, dirty player, apparently. <laughs> and there's no there's no washing those sins away. From, Did you from think Paolo was, was done? I thought it I thought it was an ACL right away. Yeah. Paolo goes down. Paolo's on fire in the third quarter. I think he I think he went down in the third quarter. And I was like, Yeah, I was like, our season's over. <laughs> totally over. Yeah. And then he's yeah, fine. Yeah. He had eleven in that third quarter. And yeah, he goes off. It was the instant reaction for me. Yeah, he just immediately—you can hear him. He looked jumps like he got ground. shot. Yeah, with a twelve. And then they show the replay, leg. and you see his ankle basically fold under itself, and you're like, "Oh, maybe." It, I still didn't think he was gonna like. I didn't no. think he was gonna be like questionable. I to thought return. he's done for. I thought four it was five we were, games. We had him out for a little bit. Like that's what I thought, and then my wife Lauren is is watching the game with me. She saw Joe Ingles get injured earlier. And saw him back on the bench. And she's like, and then Paolo gets hurt. She's like, if both of these dudes roll their ankle like that and they come back in, I'm going to say they were acting. And I was like, Lauren, you had no idea what they're probably shooting those dudes up with in the back when they take them back to that locker room. <laughs> they're, just, they're just getting them going, bro. They're, they're getting them going and they're going out there. Now nah, you're all right. I was super impressed that both of them go back out there and finish this game. In a, in a game where the team needs them, I'm not surprised, but it said a lot about them that, like, with the cushy lead that the Magic had there, whatever you, like it was, 18 in the fourth, for Paolo to still go back out there, see this game through to the end, was like, that's my superstar, that's my superstar, and I, I still can't believe he's here. You know what I mean? So that was awesome. We dodged two bullets in that game because I, I both times I was like. All right, well, that was a fun run, guys. So I'm glad they both came back and, and we could see us win that one. Yeah, he apologized post-game. He's like, yeah, I was probably a little bit dramatic. But he's like, in, in the moment, I was just completely shocked. Did you see the clip of Wemby rolling his ankle? That was crazy. And then, So if you haven't seen it, a couple of nights ago, Victor Wembanyama completely rolls his ankle, like straight 90 degrees his ankle falls mm-hmm. to the ground. And then stands up and runs away like nothing ever happened. So people are saying like, oh my gosh, this guy's just like built different. It's the flexibility stuff mm-hmm. that he does. I'm convinced. Yeah, you you can do it with like uh, my kids, your kids, I'm sure much of the same as far as like the like Harper's three, Cole's one, just the way their body can bend. It's just crazy flexible. Like their 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 bones are like rubber. And to this point, it feels like Wimby's the same thing. Like Wimby literally has baby bones. He just is just flexible to know. Like there's literally no limit on how flexible this dude is. It is I want ridiculous. all of our guys to get on whatever regimen he's on because it feels like we lose a guy to a rolled ankle like every other game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure Wimby has been. I wonder when he started doing all that. I bet partially he is naturally flexible. Um. But 
to content to realize that and then continue to capitalize on that and do the things that he does. We've seen the ridiculous stuff that he does to take care of his body when it comes to stretching and, and things like that. Yeah, the it was a scary night for Orlando fans for sure in that one, but luckily both of them came back and the Magic somehow still held on and won the game. Shout out to the Cavs for like shooting the cover off the ball last week and then just like completely doing the exact opposite. Like they're trying to I wasn't even sure if they were trying to mount to come back at points in that third quarter because they were just missing three after three after three oh, after awesome. three and just continued to hoist them. And I'm like, well, if you guys are going to keep doing this, I'm totally cool with that. In that game last week, like they shoot the ball so well in the first half. You're like, okay, they can't really keep that up. Like usually if you have a, a really crazy good shooting half like that, like you cool off in the second half. But for the Cavs, they decided we're just going to keep this up the entire game. And then we're not going to be able to make anything the next time that we play them. So. I felt like that was an interesting choice on their behalf, but the Magic were sort of due for a, a game like that where the other team just can't make anything. So really, really appreciate that uh, out of the Cavs. Uh, and then Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, not their most uh, offensively efficient games. 19 points from Franz on 18 shots, 20 points from Paolo on 21 shots. But Goga Batadze, man, 15 on 6 of 8 from the floor, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 4 blocks. Uh, Jalen Suggs, 12 points, 4 of 6, 2 from 4 from behind the arc, added 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and a block. Anthony Black getting in on the block party. Joe Ingles and Gary Harris both getting in on the block party. Just really like a, a full like collective team effort. Really good. I want to say it was a really good defensive performance from the Magic, which it was to a certain extent. But this was also a game where like Cleveland just could not buy a bucket. We've had a couple of games this year where it's like, okay, it's just the Magic's night. Like thinking back, you know, to like the the Pacers game or like the Toronto game. Some nights in the NBA, it is just not your night, and it was not Cleveland's night in this one, Luke. Um, I also want to add here before we jump into the next thing, Jonathan. Jason Beatty has put out an article saying that next Wednesday we will find out the naming rights for the new for the for Amway which will no, maybe no longer be Amway. So that's just the newest piece of information. Producer Kevin uh, hooked us up with, with well, that. Well, now link. I'm nervous. And all of the previous like pieces that have come out talking about the naming rights have made it seem at least like it is not going to be Amway moving mm-hmm. forward. Because yeah. you think if it was just going to be Amway, we would just get an announcement. We wouldn't get all this sort of like build up to an mm-hmm. announcement. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely feels like it's going to be a different name for sure. I'm going to shout this out right now. I don't know that it's going to be true, but if it is true, I want the entire world to know that our boy Jesus, he texted me maybe like a month ago and he's like, I know what the name is going to be for the new name is going to be for Amway. And I was like, it's obviously a hunch. He doesn't really know this. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, lately I've been feeling like he's more and more correct. He said he's been seeing all of these billboards start to go up around Orlando for a company called Threat Locker. And I've started to see signage on the scoreboard of Magic Games advertising Threat Locker. So I I, I don't know that it's going to be Threat Locker. But if it is, Jesus Colon called it. I want to. I want to give him his the, his flowers. The Threat Locker Thunderdome. <laughs> the th- 
I mean, I'm sure it's going to just be like Threat Locker Center or... Yeah. Or locker. just call it the Threat Locker. Yeah, that'd be sick. Right? Like, it's threat just... We're at the name. Threat Locker. I don't locker. even know what they do. Oh, that's a cybersecurity Enterprise company. Cybersecurity Solutions. Cybersecurity. So cybersecurity they got stuff. money. They got money. Yeah. I mean, Threat Locker, you know, we're a defensive-minded team. You know what I mean? Just call it the threat locker if that's what it is. Somebody from Threat Locker is probably listening to this right down now, threats. and they're like, "We don't have this kind of money." I don't. No, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, that's gonna that's that's why I brought it up because, like, you know, probably won't be, but if it but is, if it is. I wanted to give here. Jesus his his, heard, uh, his flowers. There. Heard the rumor here first. I hope it's I hope it's like like Publix or something. That'd be sick. Give me, yeah. give me all the all the Publix Center would be sick. Yeah, give me all the chicken tendy subs for. Yeah on certain promotions that'd be amazing well the thing is like he said threat locker and then maybe like two or three weeks after he sent me that text i started to see the signage during games i'm like oh my gosh he's right <laughs> so we'll find out wednesday so we'll be able to talk about that on on uh you know next like a, a week from today as you guys are listening to this we'll be able to talk You're about in that. orlando you got me thinking now but i don't know right. like are they too local i don't know i genuinely have no idea have money i don't know Cybersecurity, like they've got to have some kind of like funding behind them. It's a tech yeah. company. We'll see. They, I agree. Maybe they got some deep pockets. Who knows? That I don't would know. Be fun. I'm now voting for it to be Threat Locker. Just so just call it the can... Threat Locker. Like if that's what it's like, not Threat Locker Center or <laughs> Threat Locker Arena. Just make it the Threat Locker. To me, that that's the coolest name. Yeah. Be yeah. Sick. Adele. Coming to Orlando, December, blah, 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 at the Threat Locker. Like, I don't know, <laughs> something like that. All right, let's uh, give a quick shout out to our friends over at Jam Hot Chicken. If you've been listening to the show uh, at all for the past several months, you already know how we feel about Jam Hot Chicken. Uh, Jam Hot Chicken is a, a Nashville and L.A. inspired uh, hot chicken spot in Orlando and Winter Park. Uh, everybody that we send there, like you know Kendra Douglas you know from Valley Sports Florida, uh, countless listeners and, and other Magic fans have gone, and everybody always tells us, as much as you guys hyped it up, somehow the food exceeds the hype. Please help them in celebrating their two-year birthday, their two-year anniversary coming up this weekend, uh, Saturday, December 16th, and Sunday, December 17th. Uh, from 11 to 4, they're going to have birthday combo meals. Their special number one is going to be chicken and waffles, a boneless breast served with cinnamon, sugar, whipped butter, and syrup. Special number two, the birthday combo meal special, your choice of tenders or the sando with sides and a drink. And then uh, also there's going to be cold brew and lemonade from Curate uh, Coffee Studio. I think it's Curate Create. It's Q-R-E-A-T-E. Apologize if I uh, said that wrong. And then uh, there's going to be vibes and music from Dream on Saturday night from 5 to 7. Again, they're located at 400 West New England Ave in Winter Park in Hannibal Square. The best hot chicken that you're possibly going to find in Orlando and possibly anywhere uh, for that matter. Uh, they are the Paolo Bancaro of Nashville hot chicken. We, uh, we have That's coined right. that phrase for them. So, uh, make sure that you guys stop by this weekend again, Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 4 to help our friends over at Jam Hot Chicken uh, celebrate their second year anniversary. And again, uh, just congrats to Andrew and the entire crew down there. Uh, we love what you guys are doing so much. Like, we're so excited to see Magic fans sort of like latching onto you guys as well. It's been really, really great partnering with you guys. And uh, yeah, 
Happy second birthday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now we want to talk uh, just quickly about our patrons, the folks that help uh, support our show and help us do everything uh, that we do here. So as always, we give a very special shout out to our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons. I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, I Miss Only Franz, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, uh, Eduardo Sanchez, uh, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Godi 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Emin Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Kayla Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freak, and Shahin 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo Ban Himro, RM Prof 221, Ray Pastrana, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, uh, Random Hustle, Eddie House's Burner, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, Case and Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, The Distract, Ahmad Timsa, and Chansu. If you would like to become part of our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, now, the Magic are 16 and 7 through their mm-hmm. first uh, 23 game starts. I know you were going to take a moment to talk about some of the best 23 game starts in Magic history. Yeah, so I'm a big. I don't know what it is. Maybe I don't know if it's historical because like I'm I'm really not a historical person really in the sense, but I, I think I just like numbers. Like I, I like doing deep dives. I like calculating as far as like, you know, what our record can be in a certain stretch to get to this point. I like the, you know, how, you know, win streaks and 
when the last time this happened and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm big on that sort of thing, when, especially when it comes to the Magic. The Magic, as we know, are 16 and 7. So obviously everybody starts thinking about 20, the best you know stretch. You know, when, were the, when was the last time the Magic had this good of a start to the season? And the answer is 2009-2010. That's the year after the finals run. The Magic go start the season 17 and 6. So the Magic at this point being 16 and 7 this year, Jonathan. Here are some numbers. I tweeted it out from our account this morning. But just about kind of the 10 of the best starts. I don't know that I'll really, once we get below this past year, that I'll get too much into it. But at least the better ones. 94-95, you lose in the finals. You start the year 18 and 5. 95-96, you lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. You start the season 18 and 5. 2008, 2009, you lose in the finals, 17 and 6. 2009, 2010, losing the Eastern Conference Finals, 17 and 6. When we say we made the Eastern Conference Finals, do you have to remind everybody that we lost in all these instances? Well, yes. I, you know, for the sake of the format of the tweet, it was the cleanest way. Listen, I wanted to do it a different way, but I couldn't. It, it all stayed on one line together. It just had to happen. So, yes, the Eastern Conference Finals appearance. Perfect. Um, and then you fall into kind of this year. There's a few different teams that have started the year 16 and 7. 2007, 2008, Magic 16 and 7. First round winners. Uh, then we'll lose in the second round. <laughs> <laughs> 98, 99, Magic 16 and 7. They made the postseason and they lost the first round. And then the last team that started the same as this Orlando Magic team, 97, 98, Orlando Magic. They were 41 and 41. So wheels kind of came off for them after their strong start and they ended up missing the, end, the playoffs entirely. That's a good start. Like you said, I mean, last team was the 09 2010 mm-hmm. team, which ended up being the best regular season team in Magic history. So the Magic so far, just a game behind that pace. I don't think they're going to keep up that pace, unfortunately. But just to sort of put into context, how like well the Magic are playing compared to other teams in Magic history? I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, notice I didn't name any teams from the last ten years. So they did not even come close. Not even close. So the, we've got we've at least got something somewhat special on our hands for sure right now. The thing that it, in terms of like record that I want to get to is I want us to get to our twentieth win before we have our thirteenth loss. Because if you remember the Scott Skiles year, the Magic started 19 and 13 through December, and the season just completely fell apart. So Mm -hmm. if we can get to like, we're 16 and 7, if we can get to like 20 and 10, I'll be feeling pretty good about that and able to put some some old demons to rest (laughs) after that. But uh, we just wanted to take a, a couple of minutes here. We had the, our last episode with you know Jeff Turner where we talked about the first quarter of the season, uh, but we sort of you know wanted to take a little bit more time to talk about our perspective of the first quarter of the season and and really go over like what has gone well for the Magic, like why have the Magic been able to do what they're doing, Luke? So I'm going to go through a lot of statistics here. Uh, so right now the Magic are 16 and seven overall. They're eleven and one at home. Technically eleven and two. There's an asterisk on one of those losses because it came in Mexico City. It sucks, Luke, that we're we're literally going to have to say that all year when we're talking about like we're just going to be reminded throughout this season 
about that stupid loss to Atlanta and Mexico City. It just sort of is what it is. Uh, they're five and five on the road so far. Right now, they are seven and six against teams above 500, and they're nine and one against teams below 500. I don't know that the Magic are going to continue to win 90% of their games against teams below 500, but the fact that they're essentially 500, um, a little bit over 500 currently, against teams that are above 500 is is pretty promising and, and where a lot of us hoped the Magic would be before the season started. Again, they're 15th in offensive rating with a rating of 113.8. They are first in the NBA in free throw rate. Uh, they make 213 a free throws a game as well. That ranks towards the top of the league. Uh, they're fifth in rebound percentage. They're third in the league in points in the paint per game at 56.6. Uh, they're second in the league in points off turnovers per game at 19.9. They're second in the NBA in bench points per game at 46.3. They're 26th in the league in three-point percentage at 34.3. And they're 25th in turnovers per game. So there's only five or so teams in the entire NBA that turn the ball over more than the Magic. Uh, Third in defensive rating with a rating of 108.7. They're seventh in deflections per game with 16. They're sixth in the NBA in defensive loose balls recovered per game at 3.3. They're sixth in the NBA in defensive rebound percentage, Luke. So I wanted to lay all of those numbers out because... Looking at the Magic, and you know, for most people, our, ourselves included, the Magic have overperformed at least a little bit, um, and I think a lot of these numbers show proper context to the fact that like the Magic are just doing what they do well. They're doing those things really well, um, and the things that they don't do all that well, they're not really doing that well, right? Like I think we probably expected the Magic to take care of the basketball a little bit better. Didn't think they'd be 25th in the league in turnovers per game. But the fact that the Magic are winning the way that they are, being 26th in three-point percentage, to me, Luke, that says that like this isn't some like crazy hot streak that the Magic are going on, sort of like the Miami Heat did last year in the playoffs and into the finals, and they had no business being there. It's not like that at all. The Magic are legitimate, and they're just doing the small things and the things that they need to do well, they're doing them really well. And it's translating the wins because they're a talented, defensive-minded, deep team. We talk about it all the time on the show, especially as of late. These games, I mean, obviously, like the the the, the combination of all of them is what makes this team this team. And from a night in and night out basis, they play their game. As you said, like with the three pointers, right? Like you're not shooting the cover off the ball by any means, but you're also not forcing it. So that part is very impressive to me. And then, you know, to your point about this team's home record, the Magic are on pace to finish 34-7 and seven at home. That's not going to happen. Maybe it will. I don't know. They're very good at home. Like, they, it's not like we're just playing, like, rinky-dink teams at home. We have very notable wins at home already. And to this point, what, the Magic are 11-2, and two, like we said, 11-1 at Amway. Right, and I so it's probably even better than that. Thirty-five and seven, right? Like that would be like four or five losses at home. I think if you went off of like their Amway record, mm-hmm. yeah. If you went off Amway is, record, yeah, I was mainly just referring to the, the yeah, total. So like you're right, thirty-seven yeah. and five or thirty-eight and four at home, which would be crazy. Yeah. So 
would be nuts. So, but you know, for the sake of that, like I'm, if I'm still factoring in the Hawks, right? Like you're still on pace, 34 and seven, that's 34 wins to your record. And then at that point, like you're already five and five on the road. That's just not like, even if you go 500 on the road, I mean, roughly 500 with, you know, being that 41 wins is makes it pretty impossible. But even if you go like what, 20 and 21 on the road, still win 54 games <laughs> it's just ridiculous to say that even in this hypothetical world but yeah that they're they're doing they, they have their identities they know their roles they're not having to figure too much out there's not too many variables and i think that this team does something that a lot of teams don't do well which is just taking it one game at a time and you know that the team is doing a good job of taking it one game at a time when they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, which you highlighted, right? Like that shows me you're not overlooking these teams. You're going into that game. You're focused with the only goal in mind. It's not who do we have after this? It's who do we have right here, right now on this court? Who are we lacing up against tonight? And we're going to smack the crap out of them, right? Like that's what this team is doing. Going to drain on green them. Good night. Yeah, just they won't get suspended because it's all going to be legal, fair play. But uh, yeah, it, there's not much else to be said about this team besides the numbers you listed off. And for everybody to note, it's all sustainable. None of this is outlandish to keep up over an 82 game season. The the like for this team, genuinely, we've been burned by injuries in the past. That feels like the only roadblock right now. And I think that this team has all of the tools and capabilities to finish this season so much higher on on you know than what we expected. I I don't want to say it. I I I think this team can win fifty games. Oh my! I was dude. Yeah, it's so <laughs> funny. I was literally when you were talking about like the fifty four win pace. I was like, Luke, do you think this is a fifty win team? I do. Do you I think, think this is a 50 can. win team? I don't I think they probably end up like 47 to 48 wins. Absolutely, which let's be clear, we all would absolutely happily take a 47 48 win season, right? Anything over 500. Like I'm I will live with at the end of the day, right? Especially if you told me that at the beginning of the season how, you know, if, if the magic were to finish over 500, how would you feel? I'd be like, "Yeah, that's awesome." Absolutely, that you exceeded my expectations because that's what inevitably like a 10 11 12 game jump at the least from last year we're 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 not there yet but we're inching to the point where that would not be an acceptable finish to the year of course which is why i said if you told me that before the season so yeah i i get it i absolutely get it but i think it'll be hard for me not to think about me before the season and where we were last season for me to not be like, all right, I'm cool with it. Like, yes, it sucks that X, Y, and Z happened, but I can live with it, right? I, I think, I do think that this team, it is 50 wins is not out of the question by any means because of the approach, right? Taking it game by game, doing the little things right, not getting bored with the, the details, which is what Jamal Mosley talks about as well. If you can do that, it is hard to capture because this is a young team. Attention spans maybe not that great, right? Like if you're rolling and you're kind of coasting through the season, you can't coast. It's got to be like nose to the grindstone, 
rhinestone. Like you listen, man, you get to the postseason as this team. I just hope that if you do finish with near 50 wins, you're not burnt out. I would hope at that point, worst case, you're just pure adrenaline. But who was it? It was Wendell talking today in, in his presser after practice where he was like, you know, they someone asked him in a fair question because we've talked about this. You and Markel coming back into the lineup, are you worried at all about disrupting chemistry and whatever? Which, of course, Wendell says no, right? But Wendell provided perspective as well. He's like, I've been out for a while. He said, I think that what I bring to the table at this point is that kind of picking up any type of slack that we've got because guys are maybe exhausted or beat up or whatever. I can come in, Markel can come in and just be like the new breath of fresh air for them and and, keep, and get guys going ourselves. So I thought that was super interesting from him and, and perspective. I thought it was good perspective because it does show me like, Okay, you're acknowledging like we know it's a grind. We hear it all the time. A two game season. You and I are never going to know what that means. Right. But like knowing and acknowledging it did scare me a little bit where I was like, oh, man, like I thought about that for a few minutes where I was like, I would rather him be thinking about it than him be completely oblivious to that possibility. Of course. But but still like to the point of like Jalen taking hits all season. It's an early season, but it feels like Jalen has taken a ton of hits. And I think that Jalen is not surprised by that, but it's still the case. And I do, I do wonder once this team is at the end of the regular season, what does their gas tank look like, especially as an overachieving young team who plays a physical, physical brand of basketball? I don't know, but we can think about that later because for right now, this team is impressive. They have a lot going. And they have a chance to just smash the roof off of any expectations that anybody had for them. They're already doing it, but to finish, it's a whole different thing. I've got more numbers because I thought it was important to sort of paint the picture from a team aspect. And then I wanted to just shine some light on some of the individual guys. So the part of the reason that the Magic are are playing so well is because guys like Paolo and Franz are playing so well. Uh, right now, Paolo is averaging 20 points, 6.8 rebounds, 4.5 assists on 49% shooting from the floor, 38.9% from behind the arc, and 68% at the free throw line. Uh, last you know, six or seven games, Paolo's three-point percentage is starting to come a little bit back down to earth, and I'm, I'm waiting to see where that settles. Like if he, He's able to stay around 37 38%. I think we'll all see that as a massive win uh, this season. Uh, Franz is averaging 20 points, 5.7 rebounds, 3.7 assists on 45% shooting from the floor, 30 cent, uh, 30% from behind the arc, and 83% at the foul line. And this is coming after, like, Franz's uh, his, uh, efficiencies are, are trending upward after the rough start that he had to the season. So I don't by any means think that's where Franz is going to end up. But the fact that he's been able to get his shooting splits back up to those percentages, I think, is really impressive. Um, Jalen Suggs defense has like by a ton of metrics been one of, if not the very best perimeter defender in the entire league this year, uh, mm-hmm. towards the top of the league in steals in defensive loose balls recovered in deflections per game. He's just been so impressive and he's averaging, uh, averaging 12.1 points per game, three and a half rebounds, 2.7 assists while adding 1.8 steals a game. And his shooting splits are 45%, 37%, and 82%. 
all three of those numbers, Luke. I know that you've heard me talk about it a, a ton of times, but where I want my guards to be, field goal percentage is around that 45%. Like if you can get the 45% and you're shooting respectable from three, that's fairly that that's good enough for a guard. And Jalen going from 22% from three a couple of years ago to you know 32% last year, now up to 37%. That's exactly the kind of leap that we needed to see out of him. And I do have one more fun lineup uh, data thing for that I saw on Twitter today. Do you have any more fun numbers before I toss I it to this do. one? So one of the other things that we talked about that was going to be imperative for the Magic to be successful this season has been Jalen, not Jalen, has been Jonathan Isaac's health. Uh, We talked where if we could get best case scenario, Luke, best case scenario, if we get 50 to 60 games out of Jonathan Isaac, that would be absolutely incredible. And we didn't really know what level of Jonathan Isaac that we would see. So far, he's played 16 out of 23 games. Uh, that would be good for a 56-game pace over an 82-game season. So he's on pace for what we talked about. And in those 16 games, Luke, the Magic are 13-3 and three in those games. Uh, and that's yeah. with him you know, playing you know, 15 to 20 minutes per game. Uh, and then just wanted to talk about Mo Wagner, Gogo Batadze, the way that they have stepped up in the absence of Wendell Carter Jr., have played, have exceeded expectations so far uh, way, way more than you and I could have uh, imagined when Wendell went out 18 games ago. And then Cole Anthony and Joe Ingles, just another year of Cole Anthony embracing that you know, super sub role, that six-man role. Uh, and then Joe Ingles, just the way that he's shooting the ball lately, the way that he's been able to facilitate on the bench. Uh, those guys are, are helping the Magic be one of the best bench units in the league. Again, they're second in bench points per game with 46.3 this year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done. Yeah, they're listen, man. Betching is a lot of fun. And that does coincide with, with what I was just gonna share real quick. Jake Chapman, everybody knows Orlando Magic Radio play by play. He tweets out they've only played seventy one minutes together, but Orlando's full strength second unit of Cole, Gary, Joe, J.I. and Mo have a defensive rating of ninety nine point four, the second best five man group in the league. Minimum 70 minutes played in 10 games. The only group better is Boston starters. So, listen, like the, the starting lineup, as we know, is not just, you know, it's not the reason only that this defense is incredible. 
Jonathan Isaac obviously being in that second unit helps a ton. Um, but that's that's the stat that I took away from from Jake there on Twitter. And then he had said, let's see. Um, yeah, the other thing was it was he was talking about the full strength starting five. So this includes Markel. Magic full strength starting five of Markel, Jalen, Franz, Paolo, and Wendell have a defensive rating of 95.1. Tops in the league, minimum four games, 70 minutes played. They've played 78 minutes together. Uh, listen, man, as I don't know much, but I do know that defense can heal and cover a lot of offensive struggles. No matter what this offense looks like, we've talked about it. Everyone has talked about it in terms of even Coach Mosley. Defense travels. We don't have to worry about if it'll be an off-shooting night for the Magic. Because no matter what, we can rest assured that this defense is likely going to show up and do their thing and rectify any offensive struggles the team has that night and at least keep them in the game and keep it competitive to the point where you're not you know, getting your doors blown off. I'm trying to pull up right now to see like what kind of like lineup stats uh, we have in any lineup with J.I. and Jalen Suggs together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've only played seven minutes together. Uh, Criminal. Net rating is not, I mean, it's seven minutes. This this sample size, you really can't take anything from it, but it's a minus 35.9 net rating, an offensive rating of 52.9, and a defensive rating of 88.9. Seven minutes is is too small to take anything. Like, for, forget those numbers that you just heard me say. <laughs> that being said, I really, really desperately want to see more minutes with Jalen and Jonathan Isaac, like in, in, in large stints because I mean think of a lineup with Anthony Black Jalen Suggs Franz Paolo and J.I. like like the defensive rating on that is going to be just it would crater like I, I and I feel like it would be so much fun to watch like you have you have J.I. and, and Jalen like navigating like a pick and roll and like switching on a guys and just creating havoc I, I feel like we we really need that. I, I feel like I need to see that in my life. It would be a lot of fun. That's for sure. All right, Luke. Um, not really much else to talk about here. Uh, we do have the weekend series coming up against the Celtics Friday and Sunday, Luke. The Magic own the Boston Celtics as of late. You know, Now we have this, uh, this rivalry with Eddie House. It's going to be interesting. Who, who do you think this game is going to mean more to? The Magic or Eddie House? No, the Magic or the Celtics. But yes, I guess Eddie House. <laughs> if if Eddie House is included, then we're included in that as well. I think because we'll probably be the first people that he tweets out if uh, tweets at if the Celtics do win. I haven't seen anything. I don't know if you have. I haven't seen anything in regard to Celtics players talking about the Eddie House thing or really haven't honestly looked into much in terms of the Celtics press conferences. Maybe I'll do that after this, after we get done recording. We're just probably one curiosity. Eddie House tweet away from that happening. Yeah, but I just mean like in general, like them talking about, you know, we struggle a lot with this Magic team. I'm sure they've done that. And I probably saw it and just don't remember. But I still think this Magic team is petty enough and young enough that they still care more about this weekend than Boston ever will. At the end of the day, Boston knows what they can do. Like they've proven themselves. They know that that when the postseason comes, they they they'll be able to step up. 
and do way more than you know the magic can do in the playoffs spoiler alert but i just think that this just doesn't mean as much to them for the magic it's like no the guys like eddie house were disrespectful people in the league probably still think that our start is a fluke but if we can go in there to a team where i think it bodes on i think it bodes better mentally for the team and for magic fans in general that mentally uh from that mental aspect that the Celtics are undefeated at home. I hope that they beat Cleveland honestly on Thursday. Because just going into that, you know that they you've got the Eddie House motivation, which we've heard call Anthony literally cite Eddie House as the reason, right? And whether he's joking or not, like it is still there. It's still a factor. He still remembers it. At one point it did mean something to them and motivated them. So Eddie House piece is huge. The Celtics being number one in the East is huge. The Celtics being undefeated at home is huge. All of those things coming together, I think that there is just no way that the Celtics care more than our guys do going into this mini series. I think these guys want to continue to prove themselves. They've all got chips on their shoulder. That's how all of them play. You know, you, you think about Cole Anthony. We know he's got a chip on his shoulder. Jalen Suggs. You know, people started to write me off after my even after my second year in the NBA. I'm here. I'm surprising people. I'm going to lead this team to wins. Jonathan Isaac, right? They're saying that I'm never really going to play again or, you know, whatever fans are saying, hearsay, hearsay. You go into a game against the Boston Celtics. You have all the motivation in the world if you're these guys. So I, I refuse to believe they don't hear any of the chatter around social media and the league. We know they're on social media. Most of them are on it a ton, right? We know that firsthand. So there's a lot of motivation that's going to go into this game. I, I By far, the Magic care more. So the Magic have won the last four matchups now against the Celtics. Luke, if the Celtics beat Cleveland, I'm, I'm looking for the standings here. If the Celtics beat Cleveland on Thursday night, They'll be 18 and five. If the Magic Luke are able to go into Boston this weekend and sweep that series, both teams will be 18 and seven. And at that point, the Magic holding the tiebreaker, the Magic would be the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Are are you ready for that possibility of waking up Monday morning with the Magic being the number one team in the East on December 18th? I don't think I'm I'm ready at all for that. I have gotten kind of comfy here in the second in the east spot. You know, it's been some time now, and we've been staying a while. So for the Magic to finally at this point overtake the Celtics and be number one, it would it be short lived? Likely so. This stretch coming up we've talked about is rough, but if I can get it even for a day or two. I will be so happy. I'll be screenshotting it. I'm going to put it in my favorites on my phone. I don't even care. Like opposing fans can be like, oh, that's such, that's so cringy for like a, a fan base to care at this point in the season, blah, 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 like whatever. Say what you want. I'm doing all those things. I'm screenshotting the standings, putting it in my favorites folder until the magic one up, you know, exceed expectation even more. And I can kind of replace that memory. Yeah, tell me your team hasn't been terrible for 10 years without telling me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll put it everywhere, right? Like, man, that would be awesome. Are you are you 
mentally ready for the possibility no. of first place in the East? No, I just like as as much success as we've had against them, like mm. it would it would be I would be shocked if we go in and we sweep this weekend series because like we beat them four straight times now. Mm-hmm. Like they at some point they've got to just be like enough is enough. I don't know that anybody would argue that the Magic are the better team or the Magic are the more talented team. Do the Magic have more heart? I mean, maybe. I mean, we we've got enough evidence really recently season, to show absolutely. us that. Yeah. So, but I would just be I would be absolutely floored if we sweep this weekend. Do I expect us to split it? I do because our guys have heart and and pride and mm-hmm. aren't going to want to lose twice to the to the same team and. Yeah. You know, we know that we match up well against Boston and we know that we can beat Boston. So, yeah, I definitely expect us to sweep. But if I no, I definitely expect us to split, sorry, not sweep. If we do sweep Monday morning, I'm going to be talking like I haven't ever Crazy. talked in my life to people <laughs> about the Orlando Magic. It, like all of the receipts for the last 10 years, everybody in my life, they're like, oh, the Magic are trash or. You know, people have joked like, oh, you're doing another podcast about that terrible team and so on and so forth. Be like, well, look, baby, we we've been doing this for almost five years and, you know, a little like almost, you know, almost a third of the way through the season. At that point, the magic will be the first, you know, the best team in the East if they sweep a big if. Yeah. All right. Look, I think that's going to do it for this one. Don't forget, folks, next episode of The Six Fan Show is going to be filmed December 20th when the Magic play Miami outside of Amway or maybe the Threat Locker, whatever it's called by that point. <laughs> I know the, the naming rights are going to change next year, but like I think once it's no longer Amway, like we're going to have to start getting ourselves used to not saying Amway anymore. So I'm starting that now, you know, the, the Threat Locker, whatever else it's going to be called. Uh, and then our next watch party, folks, this Friday... When the Magic take on Boston, we're just talking about this game. We'll be at Tavern East Orlando, formerly known as Castaways, located at 504 North Alafaya Trail at 7.30. Game tips off at 8 o'clock. Folks, this could be a massive weekend for the Magic, starting with this game Friday versus the Celtics. You do not want to miss this. All of our watch parties have been so much fun. Let's pack the house. Let's make sure that these folks want us back for these watch parties. Um, and that's going to be a, a really, really good time. Luke. Last thing, last thing I'll say before we get out of here, Jonathan. I will never forget Cavo's Bar and Grill when the Magic beat the Celtics in a similar situation, right? Many series, first game of that many series, December, I, December. I'll never forget it. So do not miss this watch party if you are able to come. If you were able to come, if you're within driving distance, I'm driving from about an hour and a half out. Jonathan, much of the same. No reason not to come to this, right? It will be a lot of fun. If the Magic win this game, you have a great chance. Celtics coming off a of back-to-back. You have a very great chance. And this there's a great chance this is going to be another memorable night. So please come out there. Have fun with us. I'm sure Michelob Ultra will will be awesome to everybody there. I know they did some cool stuff the last time we were out uh, with them at the watch party. So do not miss this. I can't emphasize it enough. What he said. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show. And we will catch you guys next time. See ya.
Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!